Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today on the show, I have A.C. Brown. A.C. is a psychic channel, spiritual confidant, human design expert, and founder of Goodnight Darling Company, who knows what it's like to live in the mental space of self-doubt and fear. She has a successful business that's been featured in InStyle, Redbook, and West Elm. AC fell in love with human design as a tool to help her clients live from their core instead of their conditioning. So today I have AC on the show to sort of round out my month of January, all about kind of how we use these different tools in our lives. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here, actually. Hi, everybody. It is finally January 2021, and I'm so excited for my January podcast this this year and for all my podcasts that I've recorded so far. I think you guys are all in for such a treat. Wanted to remind everybody that I'm getting going on my course, my program. So if you haven't had a chance yet to sign up for that, you can go to my show notes. There's a link for the waitlist for the course. Also, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, I'm switch. I switch things up a bit, so you'll be getting soul wisdom some weeks, ways to stay grounded, some other tips, um, and some insight into just why you know facing our fears of death and really exploring and opening our, ourselves up and expanding our own ability to connect to our own soul and essence is so very important. So head on over to dramyrobbins.com and subscribe to my newsletter. Also, if you haven't. Uh, rated and reviewed and subscribed to the podcast yet. It's been a while since I just asked for people to do that. So if you could just take a minute and subscribe, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, any ratings and reviews are really appreciated as well. So here is to a wonderful 2021 for everybody and a new season of life, death, and the space between. I'm happy to learn from you. So I'm I'm as we talked a little bit before, all of this is new to me. I just pulled down my design chart last night. I don't even know anything that it means. So can you talk to us a little about what is human design Absolutely. and when people might use it? So I like to coin like a little like uh, analogy if you think about human design being in the a, a finished Ikea kind of desk or everybody's built something from Ikea so this is the easiest way to do it so if your natal <laughs> four, hours right, later, four hours later or 12 hours right. later so if your natal chart your astrology natal chart is a finished piece of Ikea furniture right so your desk a bookcase something that you built from Ikea, human design is the little instruction booklet that shows you how to build it. So your natal chart in astrology is the who, what, where, why of what you can become, who you can become, all of those things. Human design is the how you do it because human design gives you instructions that keep you in alignment with fulfilling your destiny and meeting your purpose. So it's like, okay, in your natal chart, it might, you might have your Jupiter 
in your 10th house in Leo. So the 10th house is public facing and Leo is about the sun shining. So that might mean that you probably have a public facing very like career or that you could possibly even be famous. So human design says, okay, if that's what you're supposed to do, is that's what you're supposed to evolve into, here's how you take the action steps to make it align so you can fulfill that. Because human design is about almost an instruction booklet or a manual. So with you being a manifester, um, manifestors are the, about 8%, and I'll go through all of them. Manifestors are 8% of the population. You're the only aura type or energy type that can just do it. So you're here to inform people. So with that example that I get, gave, say, for instance, you wanted to be um, one of like a featured psychologist on a big platform or something. So you would say to somebody, this is why I should be on your TV segment because you're here to inform people. So as a manifester, you're here to inform then act. So you're the only one, you're just like the Nike moniker, just do it. You're, you tell people why they should hire you. You tell people why they should be on your podcast. You tell people why they should work with you. You're here to inform people on the next steps. So that's what you're here to do. Gotcha. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. And so, but so you pull from the natal chart for this, right? Like I had to input my birthday and time and place of birth. So the person so can, who downloaded this, his name was Ra. He, human design is very new per se, as far as the, all of the things that it encompasses are very ancient. So it encompasses astrology, metaphysics, Kabbalah, the chakra system. Those are all ancient things. And Ra, who developed the human design system, got a, this huge download and combined all of them. So that's why it does use your birthday and your birth time, because it's a truth in that based off of when you were born. Gotcha. Okay. So can you kind of walk us through the chart? There's a chart, a biograph, a mandala. Yes, it's a lot. So we'll keep it. <laughs> it's a, it was a we'll lot. We'll keep it, it was simple. So there's five okay. energy or aura types. So you have the most, the biggest population in our world are the generator family. So there's regular generators or what we say pure generators. And so they make up 35% of the population. Then you have manifesting generators, which make up the other 30%, 35% of the population. And so manifesting generators and generators are what we would consider the people who build things. And people don't like to hear this term, but it's the best term to associate it with it. Generator family are the worker bees. Not saying that they can't be wealthy or famous or they're going to be slaves to their jobs or anything like that. But they are the people who have sustainable energy to get things done. Because in the human design mm. system or in your chart, there's this, your sacral center, your sacral center is the center for workforce energy. Manifesting generators and generators are the only two aura types that have that. So they have sustainable energy. So that's why in some older schools, kind of human design practitioners, they say, oh, those are the worker bees because they're the ones who are mastering something over time, who are putting in that legwork of things. So Oprah Winfrey is a generator. 
Beyonce is a generator. Celine Dion mm. is a generator. You know, then you have like people like Bethany Frankel or um, Jennifer Lopez. Those are manifesting generators. And I'll explain the difference. So a generator is here to in- respond then act so they are here to respond to things externally outside of them and then act and their purpose in life is to master something over time that's why i use um oprah she's mastered media over time when you think of Mm -hmm. oprah you think about a media mogul then you have manifesting generators same family they're here to master something but they're here to find shortcuts to mastery that's why you'll meet a lot of manifesting generators who do multiple things or who are multi-hyphenate kind of people because they're here to find shortcuts to mastery so they have the same strategy as what we call it in the human design which is to respond then act but they have a little bit different there's to respond imagine inform and then act because they're a little bit of manifester of what you are but not completely Okay. Gotcha. Then you have our non-sacral, meaning no sustainable energy people, which are projectors, reflectors, and manifestors, which I'm a projector, so I don't have any sustainable energy. There's 22% of us in the population. So people like Princess Diana, Barack Obama, those are projectors. And our strategy is to wait to be recognized or wait to be invited And the reason why I use them as examples is because Barack Obama was invited to be the president of the United States. Princess Diana was invited into royalty. Um, Serena Williams is a projector. She was invited into play tennis by someone outside of herself. So um, Jeff Bezos, he's a projector. He got this kind of thing to be invited into, you know, starting Amazon and look where it is now. So, project invited by who someone else or something or like invited by someone else or an invitation for a projector is recognition or sometimes it can even be like a psychic hit for us like oh something's telling me like a download to do this or call this person Uh. but when you think about the big kind of career changing or life changing things for projectors it's always going to be an invitation so let's think about serena williams she was just a little girl in compton and her dad was like you know what you guys would be good at playing tennis that's an invitation so she said yes she actually liked it look at her career now same with princess diana she was minding her business in london they found a, a pretty girl who had blue blood they reached out to her they invited her into dating Prince Charles and putting them together. It wasn't something that she seeked. Gotcha. Makes sense? Yes. Yes. And then you have manifestors, which are you. And manifestors are 8% of the population. Some famous manifestors are Ian Van Zant, Maya Angelou, J.K. Rowling. Those are manifestors. And the reason why I use them as an example is because manifestors they're here to you're here to inform then act so meaning like i said you're here to tell people why they should hire you what's the next steps to work with you um why they should date you why they should marry you 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 can go out there and get it you're the only aura type that can just do it and so but your your purpose in life is to inform and to get things started 
to have an uninterrupted creative flow. And the reason why I'm glad that those three people are manifestors because the baseline of the work that they do is writing for manifestors. That's the most uninterrupted creative flow when you write. So Mm. I always tell manifestors, I hope you're a writer. I hope you're writing things because that's, you're going to find most joy there is writing because it's uninterrupted. No one's stopping your creative flow. No one's stopping you from doing something because manifestors hate that when they're in the flow and people try and stop them or ask them, well, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you doing this? That's so frustrating for them. What if I like talking better than writing? You can do that. Does that count? But you, you have to inform people to not interrupt you. <laughs> gotcha. Talking wise. So, okay. But manifestors make great speakers as well. So, you know, public speakers, things like that. Um, a close friend of mine is a world-renowned kind of public speaker. She's a motivational speaker. She loves it. That's her thing. Um, and she's a writer as well. But that's perfect for her because she's a manifester. Then you have the final aura type, which are reflectors. Reflectors make up less than 2% of the population. And they are here to wait 28 days before making decisions. Um, and that's because they need to see how they feel. They're they're here to mirror their community, mirror their workplace, to mirror what's going on. So it's very important for reflectors to feel good about where they are, because if they feel good, you will notice that within them. So I always say reflectors make amazing um if you think about like employee mascots like you know how you work somewhere and there's just one person who was just like oh my god this is the best company on earth i love it here there are all the picnics there are all the functions that would be a reflector's position especially if they loved working there so i always tell people if you want to know what's going on in a company find a reflector ask them because they know because they're there to mirror what's going on. So if the company culture is bad, if the manager's not doing a reflector is going to know same thing in relationships and other things as well. So how is it important or how does this impact your relationships? Are certain types better suited for other types in terms of your relationships? So my theory is, and so I have this theory, the 80, 20 rule, but it's a little bit different um, than the regular 80-20 rule, but it's the same. So 80% of these modalities, astrology, human design, they're about 80% accurate. Then you have 20%. That 20% is the way you were raised, your socioeconomic status, Mm -hmm. if religions involve, all of these other factors. And sometimes the 20% can outweigh the 80%. So like how when you meet people and they're like, oh, I don't identify with astrology. No, I'm not like a Leo or I'm not like a cancer and all of this stuff. And that is possibly true because they are operating in the 20 percent, a conditioned state that they have been in, you know, it's been enforced upon them. But the goal is to get back to the 80 percent because human design, astrology, these regardless of what people think, they're actual things because it's an actual depiction of when you were born like at that specific time when the stars were aligning when the sun was right all of this stuff it's correct so the goal is to get back to the 80 percent and that sometimes is challenging for people because of their conditioning 
Um, and so when we talk about human design and we talk about that strategy that I just talked about for each one of them, your goal is to operate and really utilize your strategy so you can make better decisions to get you to your purpose, to fulfill your destiny, to be that, you know, the what your natal chart says that you can do. Does that make sense? So that's, yeah. So that's when you're sort of in alignment, Correct. right? You're going to be your best version of yourself or your soul when you're in alignment with that astrological chart or numerology or human design, any of these Correct. things. Correct. Yes. So what are all these other pieces? There's the profile, the definition, the inner authority. So how do those pieces work? So your inner authority is, I like to say your authority has the final say. Your inner authority is how, when you're making decisions. So what's your inner authority that it says on there? Um, emotional. Okay, so emotional. Solar plexus. Solar plexus. 50% of the population are emotional solar plex people. So that means that you have to ride out an emotional wave before making a final decision. I'm an emotional solar plex projector. So that mm. means that we can't say or give someone a definitive answer right away. So I, if you say to me, you know, hey, you want to go to this party next week? Or you, let's say you want to go to, you want to go to Vegas. I have to say to you, let me think about it. And then I have to ride that emotional wave and see how I feel at different points of my decision. So what happens is that emotional inner authority, solar plex inner authority, we've been taught, oh, you, you should just know. And then you making decisions. And then it's, so I always use this as a example, an emotional authority will not follow their authority. Someone will ask them something. They'll make a decision at 12 o'clock and then by five o'clock they've changed their mind because they haven't felt it out. They have to feel out what it feels like at different points. So that's why for emotional inner authorities, it's very common or it's very good to get into the practice of telling people, let me get back to you. When do you need a decision mm. by? When's the last day I can get back to you on this? So you can ride that out and see how you feel at different points. Then you have the other second biggest one, which is a sacral inner authority. Those people can make decisions right in that moment. And they know right away. Like if you want to go to this party, yes, they know right in that moment. Emotional inner authorities should not be making decisions. Even if in that moment, yes, you do. It is a yes. You need to at least give it some time. So the best example is in relationships, which I've had to notice about myself. Um, I'm a Pisces and I get bored <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but my emotions, I have to go through a wave to see if I really like someone. So I have to check in in a week. And so then I have to put my own kind of boundaries up into, especially romantically in getting to know men and things like that. So I can see how I feel at different points of the relationship and not doing things that attach myself early on because I might get myself stuck in something that I really don't want to be in if I don't set up those boundaries and not think about it. Does that, oh, that helps. Yeah. 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 So are, is the inner authority, are these aligned with your chakra system? Is that similar, but not the same? Okay. 
similar but not the same your your inner authority i like to say the authority has the final say so for you since you are a manifester you are here to inform and then act so what that would mean for you is that say you wanted to inform someone of something that you're doing something that you want them to do or creative project you would probably think about that first and see how you feel and Mm -hmm. then you would inform them does that make sense Mm -hmm. and so okay so what is like my profile how do how do these like how do all these different there's so many yeah there's so many pieces so the profile is how you do stuff So the profile is the way you relate to the world, the way the world relates to you, your learning style, your relationship style. And so there's several different profiles and they're called lines, if you want to say. So the first number is a conscious personality behavior. The second number is an unconscious personality behavior. What's your profile? Five, two. Okay, so consciously you are someone who's like a universalizer and you consciously are very knowledgeable. That five line is a very knowledgeable person. It's almost like Confucius, like just someone who has lots of information and all of those things. And so it's how you kind of show up in the world. That's what that is. And so what really so when we talk about relationships and communicating you human design can get very tricky because there's so many components when we talk about like even you know friendship compatibility romantic compatibility professional compatibility that goes in but what happens and what i've seen in my years of doing this is that when you have either the same profile as someone regardless of their chart you kind of get along because it's the way you think. It's the way you think about stuff, the way you do things. Or if you have, let's say for instance, you and I would get along because my profile is a three, five. Yours is a five, two, but we still have that five line in our profiles that help us kind of connect and relate to each other. Okay. So you would want someone who has a number the same as you. The same as you, the profile, the same um, and there's, and if it's not that, there are other compatibility factors of different profiles that do match up. So it doesn't have to be, but I've noticed that when someone has the same profile as me, where regardless of their aura type or their energy type, we relate better. Or if someone has the same line, a line in you know their profile, it's a lot more understandable in our communication. Is there anything in common between this and an enneagram? I mean, I know an Enneagram is more personality driven. So he, right. So here's the thing about the Enneagram. I love the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram five. When people try to put all of these modalities together, it's not as correct as it should be because human design, astrology are actual things that use your birthday, where you were born in your time. That's always going to be the source or always going to be the most truth to you. The Enneagram and these other things that are personality tests, you, they, can, they can be skewed by how you answer the questions. How you answer mm-hmm. question seven today in 10 years might be very, very different. Right. So right. It's, does it help? Absolutely. But I don't get too fixated on those just for the simple fact that 
in five years, I might take the Enneagram again and I might be an Enneagram four now. Or I might be an Enneagram, I'm a five with a four wing, but my wing might change just based off of what I've been through, what I'm going through, all of that stuff. But my human design chart and my natal chart, that's going to stay the same. Of course, there's transits and things like that that will change based off of where I am in life. But it all has to do with the baseline of like who I am. That makes sense. Yeah. And and then so there's also this piece about definition. I'm just kind of walking through the different definitions, I guess, for lack of a better, not to use the same word twice, but the the different descriptions in the Enneagram chart. So what does a definition mean? So the definition is how you process information. So you have your split definition, your single definition is triple split. So like a single definition person is someone who processes, doesn't, so I'm a single definition person. So it has to do with relationships and processing information. So for instance, a single definition person like myself, I don't, do I desire to be married and be a wife and all of that stuff and have a husband? Absolutely. Do I have to have it? No, I don't need to Uh. be married. Meaning that at the core of my functionality, it is not imperative for me to be partnered with someone because I'm a single definition person, meaning that I process information by myself. I can process things alone. That's how I best process them. A split definition person, regardless of how much they fight it, um, how much they try and get away from it, they actually need to be in relationship with people. Because you have to process information with another person. You need another person. So you being in a relationship is going to be more beneficial to you in your life, your, you know, your longevity, all of that because of the way you process information. Then I'll use triple split um, definition. That's someone who needs a bridge. So they need to be in a relationship, but they also need to have people around them that can bridge information, point A, point B, who can help bridge the information and process it. It's really about processing information, but why we relate it to relationships is because, you know, as a core function of us being humans, we, how we relate to people and all of that stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. me being a single definition person, I don't necessarily at the core function of who I am have to be in a relationship because I'm a single definition person. I'm going to spend most of my life processing information on my own. You being a a split definition person, you need someone else to help you process information. So that relationship can be romantic. It can be a platonic one. It can be a business one. You need someone to process information, but they, you know, as we relate it to romantic and partnership, you need to be, partner with someone your life is going to be way better if you're a partner with someone and you have someone to process information with gotcha that makes sense and now it's starting to to be like really clear to me how you can use this as like an instruction manual for your life it's like okay well that's something that my kind of I I say my soul would that would be really important for my soul is to be in relation with someone because of this correct And these are tools. And as you know, being a medium, you know, our souls are here. You know, I I have coined a phrase, your soul's here to do a job. It's your responsibility to complete the mission. 
And so mm-hmm. when we have all these, these tools are there for us to do our jobs while we're here. So this is not like a, a free for all. Like we just came down here to have fun and to get married and to like make money. Like, yes, that's part of it, but it's for reasons of us learning lessons and completing things and healing wounds so the next lifetime we don't have to do this shit over again right like what are you doing like I because that's really my most of my work is really about transformation and getting your soul together while you're here and you know I use these as tools but that's really what I help people do is help them transform help them find their spiritual compass so they can so you can do the work that you're supposed to do and then have a checklist so when you're back up there and you're getting to choose the next lifetime it's not like uh well you gotta you didn't complete that lesson so right you gotta I didn't go make, and I, again i didn't figure out how to be in relationship with people in a healthy way correct you're gonna be exactly. back working on that one you know and for me being a single definition i didn't figure out how to be re- in relationship with myself in a healthy way mm-hmm. that helps me really so now I got to come back and do I don't want to do that right <laughs> like you're here now you might as well I do it now this all the time I'm like you don't I don't think you understand that the reason why we have like generational curses and things like that this is not like something that we um you don't really choose that. It's because whoever's coming before you or your previous life didn't do the job. They didn't complete it. So because it's harder for you now or because you're experiencing these things, you really have to address that. It's only going to get worse. It's not like, you know, spirit says, oh, it's it's all right. I'll be easy on you next lifetime because you haven't completed these lessons the last three. No, they're going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, think about all of the hard lessons that you're ignoring, imagine them 10 times worse in the next lifetime. Who wants to deal with that? Not me. Right. That's got to light a fire under you. Yeah. Like it's something, (laughs) you know, it's got to. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think if we're not, if, if we're not using this experience in this human body, this time to grow our soul, it's not like you escape it. Right. You don't get a, a, a grade and then you move on like, no, you have to do it again. Right. Right. You failed, but you still get to move on to the next level. Right. Mm-mm. Yeah. You're going to have to come back. Right. And I listen, in this lifetime, I'm doing everything I can so I can like the next lifetime, I can be like a guide or an ascendant master or something like that because I, I totally don't. You're like, I'm not, co- I'm not even coming like, back. I come back. If I don't have to come back, I don't want to. Like, let me well, especially now, master. who's signing yeah. up for this? Exactly. Like, I'm going to come back as an ascendant master or a spirit guide or something. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> So what other pieces to this are there that I haven't addressed? I have the not self theme and the incarnation cross, yes. I think are the two. So the not oh, and self this- theme, everyone, every aura type has, it, and that's when you're not following your strategy and your authority, you are in the not self. So for your not self is anger. So when you are yes, not following your strategy, which is to inform, then act, you're going to get angry 
You're going to get angry Oof. when people stop you. You're going to get angry when people are like, well, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Like, Amy, like, what's, why are you going this place? I always use going to Target for manifestors because this is the easiest kind of analogy. Usually manifestors. So I have uh, one of my older clients, her and her husband are manifestors. And so communication wise, a manifestor just wants to tell you, I'm going to Target. What happens is that their partner or someone says, well, why are you going to Target? And then that makes them pissed off and angry. Like, why do I have to tell you why I'm going to Target? I'm just going to Target. So I tell manifestors, you have to teach people how to respond to you. Meaning that you have to set up parameters and say, when I say I'm going to the store or going somewhere, I don't need you to ask me in that moment, why am I going? Send me a text message. Because that's mm. somewhere where I can choose to respond in a way that I want to respond. Send me a text. But how How would, so how would personality, I'm just thinking as a therapist, right? Like the other side of that is that, I don't know, when I was young, my mom always questioned everything I did. And that really irritated me and made me angry. So how do you tease apart what is sort of the psychological piece versus the... A human design piece so it's all one and the same so for you say if that was actually your story your mom always questioned which it's not right. it's not mom if yeah. you're listening <laughs> just using it as you were a great mom <laughs> using it as an example if it was someone who was a manifester they came to you and they're like every time i did something someone always questioned it you being a manifester that makes you angry because it stops your creative flow so someone always questioning you is related to that spiritual piece of you being a manifester it just so happened your parents didn't know you were a manifester so because the manifester aura or energy in some cases they say that it's very um it can be very like off-putting or very just like too strong a lot of manifester children they get very um as they grow up and then they find out they're manifestors a lot of manifestor children are children who have gotten used to, I don't want to say being secretive, but not telling people things as they get older because they've been stopped. So I'll give you an example of a manifesto child. A manifesto child is like, oh my gosh, I want to be a ballerina today. Your parents go out, they invest all the money, they put you in ballet school, you start classes because you're here to start stuff. Let's remember, you're here to get creation started, to start things. And then next week, Friday, you're like, uh, I think I want to play the trumpet. And so your parents are like, uh, no, we just paid all this money for you to be a ballerina. That's what you're going to do. And you're like, but no, I just, the idea was nice. I just got, got it going. I'm on to the next thing. I want to start something else. Mm. And so with that mindset, as you get older, your association is every time I go to do something, someone stops me or they don't let me do what I want to do. So I, therefore, I just don't say anything and I do what I want to do anyway. You see what I'm saying? So it's mm -hmm. all correlated. So for, let's use me as an example in, I'm a projector. So I'm here to be seen and to be recognized. And so I'm not here to like really go after things because that's not correct for me so growing up 
you know, when you're in the social setting, you want to be seen, you want to be recognized, but I can't do that in a normal fashion of let's say it's someone like, oh, I want to be your friend. I have to be invited into friendships, invited into social situations. So growing up, I might have, you know, tried to force myself onto people or into situations. And then I just got a lot of backlash. And so when I come see you, you know, 20 years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, Amy, I just want to be seen. No one likes me. Um, my self-worth is depleted because I don't know where I stand, all of these things. So it's all correlated. Gotcha. And then your response to that, what are the other non-self themes? What are some of those other ones? So for um, projectors for myself, it's bitterness (laughs) Mm. and being bitter about not being seen, not being Mm -hmm. recognized. Um, For generators and manifesting generators, it's frustration. Um, that's a big thing for them being frustrated um, because they are here to do, you know, find mastery and do stuff. So it's, you know, they're getting frustrated. Um, And then for reflectors, theirs is, um, I always, because they're a smaller population, theirs is, why can't I think of it right now? Theirs is not bitterness, but uh, theirs is associated to them. Oh, like not getting what they want kind of thing. Like it's kind of, how can I put this? Theirs is more associated with being um, not satisfied in a Mm -hmm. way or just Mm -hmm. being very, yeah, just because they have to wait so long to make decisions that they get extremely restless Okay. Because they're like, well, what am I doing? You know, why I got to wait so long? That kind of thing. So every um, type has a non-self theme yes. that goes mm-hmm. with it. Gotcha. Okay. Every type has I one. Think, I think the last piece is this incarnation cross. I mean, the last piece that we're going to keep simple today. Yes. <laughs> there's, I think there's a lot more, but holy cow. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. So the incarnation, the incarnation cross is, sorry, because so I, I was like, <laughs> there you go. I go back. Reflectors, not self thing is disappointment. Them get being disappointed ah. because they have to okay. wait so long. So they wind up getting disappointment. I could, I was like, why can't I think about that right now? <laughs> um, they <laughs> have to be story of right, my life. They, Word retrieval. Right, they get disappointed um, about that weight or them not getting exactly what they desire from that waiting if that okay. makes sense mm-hmm. so your incarnation mm-hmm. cross there's several different combinations I think it's over 166 combinations so your incarnation cross is I like to use it as it's the signposts that keep you on your path in order to, for you to fulfill your destiny when we talk about the incarnation cross your incarnation cross, let's say you're going to exit 55 somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And you're driving down the road and then you see a sign, 20 miles to exit 55, 10 miles to exit 55, five miles to exit 55. So your incarnation cross is the overall theme that as long as you're following this theme in your work, in your purpose, you're always going to be on the right path towards your destiny. Oof. So that's a big one. That, it's a big one. And 
I always tell people don't necessarily concern yourself with it because what I found that people who, who follow their intuition who really listen to those the little voice within that keeps them aligned your incarnation cross is going to show up and then it's going to be like oh you're already doing that work so what's your incarnation mm. cross because i can look it up Oof. it says left angle cross of confirm con confrontation and what's the 40, first number 44 45 45 Okay, so the left angle cross of confrontation, what that means is that you have the energy to come from the outside, let's just just outside and take control of what's yours. So it means that whether it's society, whether it's business, um, there will always be something that needs to be managed or controlled. And you're here to shake things up usually from the outside. So it's like you would be someone who, let's say we're thinking about a corporation who they hire this big wig kind of CEO and he comes in or she comes in and she shakes things up to take control and lead and make this company a billion dollar company. So you're here to do that in everything. So your drive is about power. It's about control. It's about coming in from the outside, shaking things up, to get shit together and then take over. Ooh, I wonder what people who know me. <laughs> they're, probably like, that's right. Right they're probably like thinking like, oh, that's correct. <laughs> um, and so that's what you're here to do. So in the work that you do, that's how it's going to feel. Or that if you're in alignment, that's how it's supposed to be. You're here for the coming from the outside to see what's going on and to pretty much power, control to get things together to shake things well, up. It's, it's interesting to think about that as the role of a therapist, right? Because when someone comes to you, they're like, you know, that it, how it can show up in different ways because they come to me with their life not being clear to them or feeling like they need help to Correct. understand it better. Correct. And so for instance, mine is the right angle cross of rulership. And so for me, I'm fueled by energies of educating, figuring things out, listening. Um, that sounds much nicer than it, mine. Well, it, it, <laughs> well, in a way, but it's more challenging because whether I'm trying to rule, rule my own individual world or the actual world, I have the capacity to rule, but the rulership that comes to me, I'm not going to be able to seek it out. It's going to come to me. So I have to just do what I need be to patient. do and be patient. So that's a little right. bit different. You know, yours is more like action oriented. So it's just like, oh, I can, I do this in my therapy work. For me, it's like, well, I just have to show up and live my truth and be authentic. And then one day I'll rule that whatever I'm doing. <laughs> so, you know, it's like a Gotcha. A okay. Oh, well, this was awesome. There's obviously so much more that we could dive into, but I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible for people. So I hope that this was informative. If they do want to know more, where can they find you? You can definitely come to my Instagram at AC Brown. They listen to my podcast is my aura on straight. And I have mm -hmm. lots of episodes 
about human design. Um, I'm getting ready to start recording season two, which is, you know, going to still some trickling of human design, but more on soul work and spiritual self-development. But there's tons of episodes there about different aura types and all of that stuff. And I suggest that they listen um, to it because that's probably the best so you can just get an understanding and just Mm -hmm. to know that so you don't get confused about your chart just focus on your strategy and your authority and let that be the guiding light for a while and then start getting into the to the intricacies of the chart that's probably the best well and I will link to all your information and I'll also link I think where I got my chart from was the person who channel who you said yes, channeled Jovian archive all of, yeah that looks like yeah, a Jovian yeah. archive chart yes um so I'll link to that for people if they just want to go yes. on and, and you and do just need your birth time um it's similar to astrology not as astrology is really finite where you need the exact exact if you don't know your exact for human design try and get it within at least a two-hour window okay that's the most important okay yeah i think this is this is so fun to to, like learn these different pieces of yourself so thank you ac for coming on today thank you for agreeing to be on my show and um i just really appreciate it thank you for inviting me like what you heard today and want to hear more wondering what comes next and what it all means Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.